Amen. Well, we arrive at Mark 3, and let me just give you a little bit of the backstory, a little bit of the context for this, because Mark 3 exists within this series of accusations against Jesus. You've got some of the religious leaders, some of the Pharisees watching and observing Jesus, just seeing what he does, some of the things that he says, some of the things that he does, how he does life with his followers, but specifically here, what he does on the Sabbath, this holy day, this day that was kind of marked out, they're watching him. They're taking note, they're observing him. Now, this isn't like when uh, the restrictions came out and, and some people were kind of taking note what their neighbours were doing over the, the fence and or they were gathering and they had X amount of people around and they went into their house and reporting back on their behaviour. These were religious leaders whose hearts were hard against him. They were following him around, taking note. They were plotting about uh, what to do with Jesus, the things that he said, the way that he behaved. Their hearts were turned against him. Their hearts were turned and put up against Jesus. They were watching what he did. And they were just watching to see if Jesus was going to do something on the Sabbath. They were watching to see if he would heal this man's hand on the Sabbath. To see if he would uh, do a, a Sabbath violation. If you look at the passage uh, titles for this in the NIV, it says, Jesus heals on the Sabbath. Or the message says, doing good on the Sabbath, which for me sets the scene to give an understanding of a bit of a focus here. Because we arrive in Mark 3, right at the beginning, verse 1, it says, another time, another time, Jesus went into the synagogue and a man with a, a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus again. Because in the previous chapter, they accused him of actually picking grain in the fields and eating on the Sabbath. And here, verse 1, another time. They're looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, to pull him up on healing and doing things on the Sabbaths. So for me, looking at this passage, reading at this passage, I'm brought to three hearts. And I want to look at three different hearts in this. The first heart is the heart of the Pharisees or some of the Pharisees in this situation uh, are looking at Jesus and they've got hard hearts. Some of the Pharisees uh, are just plotting uh, and remarking on Jesus, remarking what he's doing. They're just commenting on it. They're taking note on him. And their hearts are in a place that are hard. Their heart's not in the right place. In verse 5, we can see this, that Jesus looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts. These religious leaders just wanted to catch Jesus out. I think they were scared about Jesus' behaviour. They were bothered by him going off piece and acting outside of a script, not observing the Sabbath. And instead of being inspired and changed or challenged by Jesus, by the compassion that Jesus demonstrated and showed, they allowed their hearts to be hard and judgmental. What the Pharisees or some of the Pharisees failed to see was Jesus's remarkable compassion. And that's the title that's been given to this talk, Remarkable Compassion. And I'd just like to break this down, these, these, these two words, remarkable compassion. Firstly then, compassion. Compassion is uh, connected to the word passion, is connected to the word to suffer, to suffer. And then come with. So actually what it is it's saying is to, to stand with, to suffer with, not just to feel sorry for somebody, but to suffer with that person, to stand alongside with that person in their suffering, 
to be with them, to join them in their suffering. And then remarkable then, well, remarkable has got connections to be able to remark upon, something that's worth talking about. So in other words, remarkable compassion is that the way that you suffer with people, alongside people, should evoke or create a response worth talking about. The Bible talks about us allowing our light to shine, that others would talk about it, but give God the glory. Ironically, the Pharisees didn't talk about this remarkable compassion. The Pharisees talked about ways to take Jesus out, to have him killed. What a contrast in hearts. A heart that is hard, a heart that is set against doing good, a set against Jesus showing compassion on the Sabbath, a heart that is just put up against him versus a heart that just reaches out in compassion, the heart of Jesus. So that takes me to the second heart. And that's a heart that's filled with compassion. The king of hearts, if you like, Jesus' heart. Jesus hears and he sees their heart. He knows what they're thinking. And, and he uses this situation. He brings this man in front of them and he quizzes them. What's better, to do good or to do evil? He quizzes them. He leaves this question out open to them. But then Jesus, knowing all of that, still shows compassion. He knows what they're thinking. He knows they're thinking, this is the Sabbath. Is Jesus really going to heal somebody on the Sabbath? He knows what's going on. Yet Jesus chooses love. Jesus chooses to show compassion. He chooses to pour love upon this person. Verse 5, let's look at verse 5. Jesus said to the man, stretch out your hand. And as the man stretched it out, he was completely restored. His hand was completely restored. See, Jesus can't help but show compassion. Jesus can't help but be moved to the point of action. Yes, it's the Sabbath, but Jesus can't help it. I imagine the conversation going on in Jesus' head. He's thinking, what, what are these guys wanting? Like these, so these Pharisees are saying, it's the Sabbath, he, can't, he surely is not going to do this. Jesus might have been thinking, what, do you seriously want me to wait until tomorrow? Do you seriously want me to wait and say to this guy, oh, you know what, I can see you're in need. I, I, I could see that I could help. I could speak creatively into this situation. I could show compassion, but not today. Will you come back tomorrow or come back another day, a day when it's not the Sabbath? Jesus is like, wait, what? I can't help but show compassion. I remember when I was a teenager and I was involved in a car crash uh, with my mum. So my mum was driving. We weren't going too fast. It wasn't a serious uh, accident. But my mum could see that actually we were going to have to brake and we were not going to be able to avoid the car in front. And as we ploughed towards the car, my mum's natural reaction was to shoot out her arm in front of me, to stretch out her arm in front of me. Even though I was wearing a seatbelt, her natural reaction was to just stretch out one arm in front of me, to cover me. We see that in Jesus, not just stretching out one arm, but stretching out two arms. How much compassion does Jesus show? This much this much compassion. In the greatest act of compassion showed to humanity on the cross, Jesus can't help but show compassion, to pour love upon forgiveness, upon healing, upon restoration, upon humanity. He stretches out love. He can't help but show compassion. 
You know, and inspired by Jesus' compassion, people all throughout time have shown compassion. I've had to remove numerous stories from this talk of people that I know that every day in their workplace, in their lives, in their situations, in their universities, show compassion on a daily basis. We are compassionate people. Think about Mother Teresa. I've been reading Mother Teresa to my children recently. I've been telling them a story about Mother Teresa, how she just couldn't help but literally pick people off the floor, people who were dying, people who were hurting. She couldn't help herself but show compassion, remarkable compassion that people are still talking about today. They couldn't ha- she couldn't help but pick people off the floor and take them to the hospital that she'd set up, take them to the place where she could care for them, pour out love upon them. There's this famous story that you may have heard, but there's a story of a man who had been cared for by Mother Teresa. He'd been picked up off the street, off the floor, taken in and cared for, loved upon, showed compassion. And this man on his deathbed, he said this. He said, the whole of my life, I've lived like a dog. I felt like a dog. But today, I die like a king. See, Mother Teresa couldn't help but pour out compassion, remarkable compassion, to the people that were in front of her. Mother Teresa having faith, loving Jesus, knowing Jesus, maybe inspired by the acts of Jesus, couldn't help but love the people in front of her to show remarkable compassion. There's this ancient French term for hospital, it's hotel dieu, which means hostel of God. And we know that they're remarkable places of compassion, aren't they? Now, we're not all called to the NHS to set up orphanages or to go to faraway places like that, but we are all called to be people of remarkable compassion, who show remarkable compassion, like Jesus did in this passage. Just can't help but just pour upon the person in front of him, pour love upon, to love the person in front of us. And in these days, that might be just people who are local to us. It might be our local shopkeeper. It might be the people that we see occasionally when we bump into them on the street with masks on. It might be the person on the screen to love the people in front of us, to show compassion to the person in front of us. Not seeing people as a problem, but seeing person as an opportunity. Not a project, but an opportunity to show remarkable compassion to the compassion of Jesus. Takes me to the third and final heart then, us, our heart, the church's heart, us, the people of God. You know, it was the early church in the ancient world that actually would go out uh, and typically what would happen, which was just horrific, but in in the olden days they would take a baby to the foot of uh, the father and the father would look down at the baby and he would actually decide whether, you know, the baby was acceptable. You know, was it the right sex for that day, for that time? You know, was the baby acceptable in the father's sight? And if it was, he'd pick the baby up and it would be accepted. But if not, they'd take the baby out to a far out place into the wilderness and they'd leave the baby. It was the followers of God. It was the early church that would go out in the nighttime and they would listen to the babies crying. They would listen for the cries of the babies and they would go and they would pick the babies up. They'd bring the babies in. They'd adopt the babies into their family. They'd look after them. They'd pour compassion upon them and love upon these babies. Inspired by the person of Jesus, not just talking the talk, but walking the walk, the things that Jesus did, people all throughout time have done incredible things. And as a church, I think we are incredible, passionate, compassionate people 
I could list so many. But recently at the Saturday meal when we were there and it was snowing, I remember seeing one of the team members. He hadn't been asked to do this. It wasn't in the briefing uh, beforehand, but it was snowing. And some of these vulnerable people are not very stable on their feet. Some of them with frames, uh, just trying to come in to get a hot meal in the freezing cold. One of the team members just looked for a shovel, a spade, and he went and just shoveled all the snow away. He cleared the pathway full of, from the ice, chipped away, his hands were freezing. And as the people come and queued up for the food, they had a path that was no longer slippy, no longer dangerous. Some of the guys could have totally wiped out as they come to get the meal. And I was just blown away actually by this remarkable compassion. He'd thought to do that. You know, the list goes on, doesn't it? We have CAP, Safe Families, IJM, Connect Groups, Prayer Triplets, Friendship Circles, NHS, people doing incredible, compassionate things every day. We are a compassionate people. Let's continue as a church to show remarkable compassion, to act, to sound, to look like Jesus, that hopefully people will remark on it, that people will give God the glory. Pete Gregg, the co-founder of 24-7 Prayer and the pastor of Emmaus Road Church, recently posted this. New research reveals that since the start of the pandemic, British churches are winning praise for their response, and that more than a third, 34%, of non-Christians now agree that local churches are making a positive difference in their community. And that's up from 20% three years ago. See, we've got a great opportunity, especially at this time, to demonstrate and show compassion like Jesus did. To love our neighbours, to show compassion. We often sing the, word, the song, Build My Life, that says this, show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me to those who are around me. Let me just pray. Lord, we pray that you would give us your heart that Jesus, we would be inspired by your remarkable compassion. You just can't help but pour love upon people. Help us, Lord, to do that wisely, safely, correctly, to love the people in front of us, we pray, in a way that people see and know and give you the glory, that people comment on it, remark upon it, that, Lord Jesus, we act in a way that looks like you, that sounds like you. Help us, Lord, as people and as a church, wherever we're placed to do this, we pray. Amen.